We're all muted. <laughs> it didn't automatically unmute us. Word. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another all new X's for show. Your premier live show for media responses, uh, reactions to whatever big things happened that week and more. I'm Nico and you can check me out at Nico Action. That's N-I-C-O-A-C-T-I-O-N. And I'm TK. You can find me at X Nate X Gray X. That makes me Kevo, and you can find me at Kevo Reilly. That's K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y. And boy, do we have a very queer and very entertaining show for you tonight. Yeah, it's a sort of um, it's a very tits out kind of night. You know what I mean? Whether we're talking the amazing that is Eurovision, which uh, this was my and Kevo's first Eurovision, but of course it was TK's millionth Eurovision because uh, there have been a million. Uh, one we are talking million. one whole million. Uh, we're going to be talking about the first two episodes of Project, uh, no, of Drag Race All Stars season eight. Very excited on Paramount Plus. And then we're going to be talking Project Runway All Stars preview, little drop ski that we got. Pretty exciting. Uh, so I know, Kevo, you're in my first Eurovision. Kevo, you're in my first All Stars uh, for Project, you know, for. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. How are you feeling? This is our Kevo? first. This is our first live All Stars together for Project Runway as well, isn't it? So Absolutely. yeah, a lot of a lot of exciting firsts in live entertainment uh, for us this uh, summer television season, and uh, it's exciting. I'm really enjoying it so far. Now, TK, this is uh, you've indoctrinated us into the world of Eurovision, and. Um, you are one of those dirty gay agendists and um, forced us into drag, made us uh, all transition, and uh, it's everything the liberal Democrats want. So now we watch a ton of Drag Race, and we love it so much. Uh, how are you feeling about this year of firsts for you as well? Well, you know, it's funny because I was like you guys once. And I feel like that's the way it goes a lot of the time. And I had some very cool friends that introduced me to Eurovision and some very uh, close friends that I love very, very much who introduced me to Drag Race. They were my best friends for many years. They're still some of my favorite people in the world. They just don't live near me anymore. But it's that thing where like they they gave this to me because we were of a like mind and <laughs> although it was something that I was completely aware of, I said like, yeah, I just don't think it's for me. And I had reasons for that. And, you know, uh, having seen some of the older seasons, my reasons were not incorrect, but uh, later seasons happened and things changed. Um, exactly. And so, yes. yeah, the minute I saw Alaska, I was done. They yeah. started me on season five. 
And um, well, no, Roxy was too hot to begin with. Uh, thick Latin boys are too beautiful. But then, yeah, Alaska, and I was done. I was done. Revolution. So that you was know, it. I I'd had that experience, and I felt it was important to kind of pay it forward. And in that same tradition, you know, Project Runway is not something that I have ever had a ton of interest in, but because people that I love very much are one being very receptive to my thing. Uh, it would be extremely stupid to be like, okay, but like, I know my thing is good. I think you guys, your thing might suck. So I'm not going to watch that. Um, so, you know, part of it is just that equal exchange of ideas between friends. And, you know, part of it is uh, sometimes you just need a comfort TV show to have on in the background. And when somebody you love tells you theirs, you give it a try. So uh, I want to start with something that was not comforting at all. Eurovision is not comforting. Eurovision is as many people screaming while Johnny Weir basically just flounces around and is just like, I'm sort of femme. <laughs> I don't like metal. I don't you know what's like going metal. on. Ah, this country, I'm going to say its name like its name is in its country. Germany. Like, it was hours of that. Um, but if it, you got past what the Americans did to it... I was going to say, it's such a bummer. We could only so watch beautiful. it on Peacock. And that's how Peacock decided to do it. And, you know, on the one hand, I, I sort of appreciate that somebody was like, the only people that are going to be watching this are gays. Uh, on the other hand, I think uh, Johnny Weir is maybe a little bit more for... Uh, the straight straight white women at home who are uh lovely yeah. but maybe not that much fun i feel like gays have a hot yeah that was that <laughs> this was the look, look she's for the haggery absolutely fascinating i i at first thought this was a floral crown but then i later pointed out i think they're cloves cloves of garlic um it felt like he was channeling to me drew barrymore's show um, mm -hmm. like he was trying to be some sort of opulent white woman uh, Hi, broadcasting from her own living room who was just being so real and cozy and watching Eurovision with you. And it was odd. It wasn't terrible. It was strange and distracting at times, for sure. Yeah, and you know, just like that, there are already hosts that speak English yeah. from other countries. Um, it's just weird. Like, uh, America is not part of the broadcasts conglomerate that uh, makes you part of Eurovision. So we, whatever deal we have to show it is unique, and we're not watching it like everybody else. I really did try. Listen, straight up try me at the hague for international crimes i tried to get us on a vpn and try to get us on another country's feed because i didn't want exactly that you know europe has been doing eurovision for decades now they have perfected how to broadcast it i did not need some you know peacock streaming acquisition content team to be like but how are we gonna do it for americans yeah uh, which is which is what we got. Um, sweet, well intentioned. Love you, Johnny Weir. You're not for me. You're not for me watching Eurovision. Um, it was definitely giving uh, rush hour DJ energy, talking over the songs. Yeah, uh, with 
just random aside. And yeah. oh, by the way, this other thing about that last song, like we've yeah. moved on, Johnny. What are you there doing? Was a thing in your mid, there was a thing in the mid '90s that I don't think everybody here might remember, but um, the main theme from Jerry Maguire, "Secret yes. Garden" by. Bruce yeah. Springsteen Bruce was Springsteen. inexplicably re-released two years after its initial time as a single. Only it was remixed with, li- with like lines of dialogue from mm-hmm. um, the movie Jerry Maguire. So it'd be like, you know, Bruce coming in and be like, she let you in a heart. And then out of you nowhere, Renee Zellweger would come in and be like, you had Hello? me at Hello. We're getting married. And like, it was Show just- me the money. Do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> Jonathan Lipnicki nodding. You know, the weirder was- one was the one that mixed in uh, bits of Sling Blade, though. Just want to point that out. So, But this I- was the 90s. So I just want to say that, like, you know, there is a longstanding tradition of hearing good songs interrupted by sort of nonsense. Nonsense. But, uh, you know, if you can, like, separate out the nonsense, right? Um, This was, for me, so in line with Drag Race in so many ways. Now, I love Drag Race, and I would love to do Drag Race, um, except one thing. I'm very super-duper, very about, like, the male of me. And, uh, you know, in some ways it's because I don't think I'd make a pretty ugly girl, right? Like the way that when you do drag, you can be like purposefully kind of ugly and it's super hot. You know what I mean? I don't think I could even pull that off. You could be a male drag king. There are female drag queens. It's not a super... I'm not here to debate it. So, but like, I really do feel like the pageantry of Eurovision is Mm -hmm. so connected to what I love about the pageantry of Drag Race, it just, in some cases, strips out the drag. So, you know, while we're going to be talking about a large swath of stuff, the pageantry is just so stunning here. And I might argue that uh, Eurovision kind of asks you to dragify yourself in your country's traditions and something Mm -hmm. that can be of your country and of the vibe of your country Mm. and it is not you know creating a gendered illusion of any kind but it is really like are you representative of your country's zeitgeist to an extreme that you can put into an aesthetic that can be packaged along with a song that also matches your country's zeitgeist in a way that you can get them to vote for you to send you to this kind of congl- uh, this kind of congress or, or summit of musicians coming and kind of representing themselves? This Avengers Endgame, if you will. There you go. Um, See, in, and, in my head, I keep going a little bit to the Gong Show, but I mean that in a very loving way. We love. I mean, the Gong Show is incredible. I, I think that's. I think that's a great reference. Yeah, Cheeky the man. people who take it seriously, not the ones who are like, "This is my dog. Listen to it fart." Right. So, all right, let's talk just a little bit about what we're actually here to discuss, which is, like we said, Eurovision twenty twenty three. One of the things that I love so much about the nature of Eurovision 
is the voting system it was so fascinating after we saw 26 phenomenal performances and then like a TikTok person who wasn't performing anything counting toward anything but a lovely display of incredible performers who were uh, differently able doing a beautiful job uh we saw 26 acts and then you got to vote you could vote uh up to 20 times per payment method but it cost money to vote uh you cannot vote for your own country so there were a lot of stipulations here that did mean that i felt like perhaps that lowers the number of bonkers votes mm-hmm. i also think it's um because it is <clears throat> such a long-standing tradition and it is so steeped in tradition it's just kind of I think everybody has agreed at a certain level not to be American about it and not to obsess over a contestant and be like, I'm going to get all my friends to call in a million times and like waste $20,000 worth of payment methods to make sure they get the votes. The system also balances out on that stuff. So nobody can do that um, in a way that makes it so that, you know, even if somebody was inclined to, you're going to zero out and they figured it out over a long enough period of time that I think people don't bother as much. Accepted. Yeah. Right. So I love looking at the lineup here. Uh, So many of these performers were so talented and I can see a bunch of performers who stand out right away. Uh, One thing I do want to mention is that this year was supposed to be, hosted by the Ukraine, but uh, the you know nation of Ukraine is, of course, under siege uh, from the Russian army and uh, could not host appropriately. And so instead, the UK said, Hey, what's what? And we Liverpool and we host it with the pub and the bangers. We've and- got the collie wobbles for you. Right, I and, think we could have um, gone through that explanation without what just happened, but okay. I don't. I don't think so either. I I've been outvoted. All right, you've been outvoted, and that's why that vote did not make it to the. That's democracy. So <laughs> that's uh, what they're fighting for. Yeah. So we are uh, very grateful to the uh, UK for going in and doing the thing. And like Angela Bassett and uh, hosting the show, um, you know, so this was our first experience. TK, what did you go into this? I kind of was like, what did you, <laughs> what did you go into this Whole Eurovision uh, looking forward to? I'm going to try not to. Uh, did you look into you were looking forward to? You were excited about? You were like, Meh. In this case, I was very much looking forward to going in blind with new friends and having a Eurovision afternoon. Um, That is the way I saw my first live Eurovision. Um, I had had some good friends who were really into Eurovision. Like, uh, they came and stayed with us and they were like, this is, you know, what it is. They showed us some clips of some all-time greats you know in back in the 80s celine dion won eurovision um and uh you know seeing that performance some of the really campy ones some of the just really awesome like songs that are bangers that you know it just kind of goes to show 
how isolated America is in its own way that some of these songs that absolutely could play well here uh, just don't get imported here for whatever reason. And are famous um, everywhere else in the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I got a little background education and then went to a Eurovision party where, you know, I didn't really know anything about anybody who was performing. That was in 2017. Um, I was just, I just really enjoyed it. It's just really, you know, it, it, from a programming perspective for the two and a half to three and a half hours that is the performances it does the thing that i want that i can't stand watching the voice or american idol for which is everybody just performs back to back to back to back to back you know there's a little thing in between where like graham norton comes out and unfortunately johnny Ware talks over graham norton for us but like there's a little break in between where they're like wow can't believe how great germany did next up is and but you know there's not like a break for ryan seacrest to tell us the weird story about how the girl who's about to sing was on my strange addiction for eating her couch cushions but she decided to take a break from that to sing in front of Katy perry who's just going to belittle her um so you know like i just want to see people sing and do songs and do music and with eurovision you just get a solid afternoon of that uh yeah and that's you know with you guys for this first time that's what i felt like doing some years i do watch like months and adv- i watch the you know qualifiers the country's qualifiers i watch the uh semifinals the week before um but you know sometimes i don't like to do that sometimes i want to hear the song for the first time and kind of have that first reaction um as i i discover like oh i think that's gonna be a hit that wins Mm -hmm. you know and you kind of came to me with uh the the physical uh, catch attention for me was going to be finland uh and of course cha-cha-cha uh tits out all the Mm. way Uh, just oh my god yeah just like one of the most fun performances uh, I've ever like I, I walked away singing that I walked away uh, singing some uh, the Cypress song uh, I walked away with a bit of Switzer no uh, Sweden stuck in my head um, what uh, I think it was um, I'm trying to like look at the list and see if I can remember who sang what uh, I loved Israel's song um you know, there were just so many great numbers. Australia. Oh, man. I loved Australia's yeah, loved number. Australia. That was um, so my style. I felt like they were using uh, some really familiar sound fonts. To, <laughs> so maybe what you're hearing right now. You also really love Slovenia was the one with the kind of 70s. Uh, oh, those guys monkeys were so vibe. cute. They that was a really a great, great you know, pop song. That's a great example of a song that I'm like, there's no reason that couldn't play well in America, except like it just does not get imported here. And the powers yeah. that be do not let it become a song. And like, you know, to go very wide with it, that's why I love things like TikTok that internationally let oh, people yes. share songs. There's Kadia. Um, I swear to God, this guy's outfit changed my life. I, I want to wear that every single week on air. I, I'm going to just keep bouncing my pecs, just like in honor of this guy being nah. and so just what fucking charisma amazing. and sex appeal for somebody who is like not 
traditionally like super sexy, but is attractive enough to make his whole vibe work really well. And there's a little bit of silliness to it. There's a little bit of goofiness Mm -hmm. in that way of just like, he's completely letting go and happy with where he is. Um, You know, America would paint him as a bridge troll when what he is, is a phenomenal performer, dynamic with charisma, with a unique look, a phenomenal sense of almost like queer whimsy, uh, like combat against like punk, theatrics this guy had it had it all for me just a thousand percent this guy had it all for me but you know i'll say the song not uh one you know, i have now come to see that eurovision has a much broader uh acceptance for different genres and types of songs um this is one that i really would not have thought did would have done as well as it did um yeah you know it was two number two by like uh less than 60 votes 60 points um and it was just wildly popular but it's like a kind of dissonant rap metal song that doesn't have really any like poppy influences even um it's it's the kind of song that I really like, but I find like again I'm used to American radio where that just probably wouldn't play on anything but alternative radio, and it probably wouldn't go that far. And one of the things I love about Eurovision is getting surprised by what people go really crazy for and what gets the votes. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister's crown by uh, Chechia. Um. That was another one that like, you yeah. know, the physicality of it, the the visuality of it was a lot of fun. And then I'm going to just say, like, I don't know where it all placed. I'm really excited to see some of the numbers today. But like, um, I wrote a song was really stupid. And I thought the woman who performed it had some of the most unbelievable charm, some of the most incredible energy. She managed to do it cute, but playful. And took what could have been an incredibly dumb song and made it like a theatrical performance. Like there was no moment of this, whether it was stuck in my head for sure. Yeah. Whether it was like a dumb pop song that was turned into a celebration of cool, or it was the unbelievable artistry of um, a character from Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth escaping a panini press on the set of Dune uh, as gifted to us by Sweden. Um, It was just, it was a night that I'm never going to forget a day, I guess I'm never going to forget because all of the performances forced me to think about what made them different, what made them the same. I was engaged on so many levels by uh, the honesty of the performance from Cyprus or the sort of, I'm going to be honest, maybe I didn't get it exactly of something like Ukraine's performance, which felt very much like a track I might have heard on MTV2 at 1230 in the morning in 20, 2002, maybe. Yep. Uh, I didn't I'll get date it. Date yourself. Uh, nah, I'm, I'm dating the song, bruh. So, uh, no, I was, I'm, I'm kidding too. Um, but like, who is uh, who the hell is Edgar? 
you know, when you were like, uh, this is not a joke. I was like, no, it's a joke. And then I heard it and I get it. It's not a joke. It's kind of a joke in a cool way, though. Like, I'm in on the joke with them. It's just sort of bonkers to me that, like, this is the song that they're sending to your, you know, like, it's not a song about, like, the pride of the nation or, like, Indomitable Spirit or even something universal, like, you know, what it is to fall in love for the first time or what it is to, like, find hope in your friends. It's a song about Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, we've got Lorraine, the uh, first woman to win two Eurovisions. I, I will say, well, you know, I I definitely was like, you know, you you had set up that she won for Euphoria in 2012. Yeah. Um, for, I'm so sorry, I don't remember the nation she won for. Sweden. Um, Sweden, thank you. Um, and so I was very engaged for this. I'd heard the song and that song was incredible. So I was really ready for this. And when I saw it, I don't think I cared for it so much. But there's this slide she does in every line of the chorus, this very dynamic, like, and um, like just being a vocalist uh, of some talent that is not that woman's incredible talent. <laughs> I know that when I go to do uh, a slide that is, you know, very about the emotional push to get it right every time and pitch perfect every time, there might have been one or two where the, you know, Every Mimi has the out that she has trouble with on that sixth stair that night. And I feel like, you know, there might have been one or two places where the note wasn't record perfect. But like for the for the nailography she's doing, for the fact that she's trying not to be killed by a sandwich press the whole time. And she's in a world where they trade spices like money. I think... All things said, uh, this you know this performance might not have been my favorite at the time, but it's sticking with me for sure. You know, you you mentioned that you are a performer, which is uh, and a musician, which is one of the big reasons I was like, well, you got to see Eurovision because um, I just I think you'll appreciate it's other songwriters doing their craft, and I, I think you'll appreciate that. Um, but the thing I really love about Eurovision uh, and why I wanted you to see it over again like why I'm not like hey can we watch American Idol or can we watch The Voice is because I feel like Eurovision really goes out of its way to be like if you wrote a song and went through the process you could be on this stage these are not like not everybody can be a Kelly Clarkson and American Idol is like, you probably shouldn't be here, talented person, because I don't think you're the most talented. And if you aren't so talented that this British jerk won't insult you to your face and spit in your eyes, maybe you should have just stayed home or maybe you're just here for some 15 minutes that we can use for a laugh and you can use to hopefully find another career path. Um you know that doesn't really interest me and i've never been like nico i want to watch this with you because i want to know what you think about these singers because the fact of the matter is they are all very levels of like competitively good but competitively safe and that's just fine you know that's fine maybe you like one of the songs and i want to know that but i don't want to sit there watching the show week after week eurovision is all people that feel like people that if you were in the room with all of them 
you could all collaborate you could talk song craft you could believably be their peer and the songs mm-hmm. that they're writing while amazing feel so much more human and down to earth than really really slick productions that are meant to be billion streaming pop songs right out of the gate and as an artist of great integrity and talent who you know makes music that i absolutely love that i feel like would have a place on the eurovision stage that's really why i wanted you to see it and why i'm like you know why i tell people because i think we're all performers and i think we are all in some way uh creatives with an interest in music no matter what because you know music is this universal language that we all have and eurovision i think really is so much more about how we all could be so much more a part of the process and caught up in the creativity and the beauty than uh american song contests which really are just about like you are either the best or you are passively consuming the best trying their best I completely, I completely connect with that. Now, Kevo, you know, one of the big things for me was getting to experience this with you. Uh, I love seeing how you absorb and interact with media. Um, Just because, you know, your perspective is decidedly unique to the culture that uh, of media you were raised around. So how do you feel about Eurovision, which I feel like you would have been obsessed with as a kid if you had had access to it? Um, yeah, you know, and, and something that draws my attention to as well is how late in our live American Idol even began. We weren't, uh, it was pretty late in high school for us when American Idol started. So we didn't really have anything even comparable, uh, to this. What was it? Making the band probably closest I could think of off the top of my head. Pop Star stars way back in the day. Star yeah, stars back in the day, yeah. But there was this, there was this huge gap, yeah. Um, in our childhoods, where there wasn't really a lot of this sort of competitive stuff, and uh, I think it's really cool, and I think it's super marketable too. So, like, I don't know why we're not, you know, trying to do something like that over here. You know, I, I mean, they, they absolutely have. Um, they Tried, did do a 50 yeah. state song contest. And, you know, it's just American corporatism and need for control and need to monetize and need yep. for contracts that, uh, you know, as much as I uh, find a lot of European TV systems silly, like that most are state run and therefore you can't make money off of them in certain ways actually ends up being fantastic in a case like this. Uh, Kevin, the other thing I really love about the way you consume media is you are the perfect uh database and like analysis repository of uh like numbers of like data this person left at this time this person had this many wins uh with like moments uh this person who won this many times had this many wins had this incredible moment that is really emblematic of those wins and I I sort of uh, there are things that I'm like Nico you would really love this but we don't all need to watch it together because Kevo might not really like it and Eurovision in some ways I also kind of was like there are 
five decades worth of like numbers and accomplishments and celebrities and moments to kind of get into and not so much like are you going to go back and figure that all out but more like was that something that you were seeing here in the way that like i kind of suspected you would that there's just like a lot to digest about the system of creativity um yes and no yeah because i think as an outsider witnessing it for the first time it doesn't feel old mm -hmm. they don't put a ton of emphasis on a specific history or competitiveness between any specific country or any expectations they'll bring up things but it's all just such a good time and everyone is just there to perform their heart out that um you know being aware of the history is really awesome but i think the show that they put on for the finale is so accessible that anyone could go in and watch it if you yeah. pay attention to this years if you've never watched it before i think us going in cold the way we did uh really was super beneficial in that it did draw my attention to that and showed me that like yeah this is something that i would recommend to anyone yeah just throw it on next year if you have i guess peacock hopefully hopefully johnny takes a break or maybe he'll get a really fun co-host um who knows i have to say those numbers were wildly low um I think the highest I saw was 23,000 viewers in America. Why would you put that on the screen? A very odd choice to put that on the screen. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. I, I know I'm spending a lot of this time like uh, down talking a lot of American stuff, but it just sort of uh, bumps well, me out. Well, we just bastardize everything, though. It makes yeah, me. It's, it's why I'm so glad that Doctor Who is no longer on BBC America. Because they always furled up the entire thing. They put they they edited it weird and shoved commercials in where they didn't belong, not at the right act beats, even if they were written in. So like, yeah, when you Americanize something like that, we do tend to mess it up. So it's not specifically Peacock ruined Eurovision for us. It's wait, wait let's just show the european broadcast we don't need to tag on this americanized stuff it's just weird yep is moldova the guy who's the third row first in line i don't know oh this oh, one i think this is yeah. moldova yeah yeah uh I just want to say they put on a hell of a show. Uh, it was incredibly uh, captivating. Uh, I see. The oh yeah, the, the 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 wizard with the pan uh, pan flute playing. Yeah, uh, and the little goat they man. The leg. Yeah, I see they came in 18th. I see. You know, Finland. So I'm going over the the list of yeah. winners. Yeah. Uh, Sweden and Finland actually both took 17 percent of the vote, yeah. and it's that. Uh, Finland lost total delegates. How very American politics. Um, Israel took in third place. Now, I know Netta 
um, has one previously with Toy. Yeah, another one with Toy. Uh, for Israel. 2019, yes, for Israel. Um, uh, so there is like a history of Israel placing really well. Yes. Uh, you know, the chosen people and they are chosen once again. Um, it's, oh, it's an odd, it's an odd thing. Uh, so then, you know, in fourth place is uh, Italy. And I just want to say that, like, I didn't think Italy was, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I think I'm sort of surprised they took fourth in some ways. You're surprised um, they went that high? Yeah. I mean, so that's, so that is a really good example of, like, I I would have been too. I was surprised though at the winner of the first one that I ever saw, which was Portugal. And it was a ballad by this kind of like sickly looking dude um i uh, i should have prepared for this and had it all pulled out but it was a song that like i don't even think like it was not even the the ballad power of beautiful by uh james what's his name um uh, blunt blunt thank you like it was a song that could not have even done well as a ballad in america and it just made no sense to me. And I have not really had it explained to me, like, broadly, all of the various cultural components that feed into this. But, it like, the fact that Finland did that well to me is similarly kind of perplexing because that is not a popular music song. Uh, and, you know, they're just cases of songs that, like, I'm not used to millions of people hearing that and being like that's the one that well, deserves the votes and i i really want to echo what you're saying if you actually go onto the official eurovision page there's a uh like an audience scoring component and italy's song has a strong three and a half stars but if you compare that to norway's king banger of king uh queen of kings yeah. Oh my God! That vocal performance, the strength of her, uh, the way she hits everything, just blows it away. Really, uh, an unbelievable job by Norway. The female vocalist there, uh, just destroying it. That has four and a half stars on the Eurovision page. So you can sort of see that uh, you know the general popular vote and the scoring maybe don't line up exactly the same way. But, you know, I love Sweden. I love Finland. I loved uh, Israel. That's three really cool bangers in the top five. I think Italy and Norway were both, you know, at least good songs. While I am a big supporter of Ukraine and the Ukrainian cause, again, I did not think the Ukraine number was the bangeriest banger. I agree. And, you know, I, I think it's okay to say that some of that might have been a sympathy vote. That's okay. It was not a bad song. Um, it was just a little bit like, uh, Tricky's brother that isn't quite as willing to go into the trip hop, uh, genre, but does have access to all the same equipment, I but has very equ much. equipment, uh, much better access to, um, AR light show video show. I'm going to become a cyborg on screen in real life. Uh, equipment so you know big props for the visuals on that one uh 
I want to say that I think it's kind of uh, totally ridiculous that United Kingdom and Germany are in 25th and 26th. Obviously, Blood and Glitter is ridiculous and silly, so 26th is fine. But I don't know that I understand why I wrote a song yeah. in 25th. Is it the uh, world's greatest song? No. I feel like I kind of get it. Um I don't know. It felt very safe to me. It felt very unremarkable. Uh, so, you know, and that's a really interesting thing. If uh, Eurovision, I feel like you can win by being too safe uh, or you can lose by being too safe. It's tougher to win being too safe. You can really, you can face plant being, you know, too much like this might as well just be an American pop song, but, you will absolutely be unsafe and take a big swing and it's just a miss. Uh, and I think that's what Germany did. I think that was uh, something about it, even though it was a, a metal song uh, and, you know, the number two song was a, was a rap metal song as well. So like these guys both took big swings. They both went to genres that, can be uh confrontational they had looks that were out there in whatever way there was a lot of like this is not a safe uh this is not like a common denominator song and we see one where i think the song itself the performer's charisma everything about it just worked for the viewing audience and with germany it was just a miss they just they hit a foul ball I want to say that two that really shock me are Croatia and Armenia being at 13 and 14. Uh, I thought that <laughs> first Croatia, off, I just have to give props to Kevo for the nickname Armeniana Grande. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. That was everything. <laughs> uh, uh, because no, yeah, that, yeah, I thought Croatia um, had a, I'm so sorry. I, I think no, yeah, Croatia. I thought Croatia had a pretty memorable song, so uh, them coming in at thirteen feels maybe a little bit low. Um, but I'm really shocked that Armenia came in in fourteen. Uh, she absolutely destroyed that song. She tore it to pieces, and then uh, the glitter right in your face. So shocked it was so low. But like, I also can't figure out how Moldova is so low. I can't figure out how uh switzerland is so low because uh, here's my thing yeah um switzerland did not have a different enough song from say cyprus in that they both felt a little one direction imagine dragons um mm. you know very Boom, you know what I mean? And so for me, maybe the Cypress guy, for one thing. Oh, beyond inhumanly hot. Inhumanly hot. And showed feet on screen. So you know he's getting the foot slut vote. I mean, just, you know. Good for you, girl. Foot sluts, you know, we got it here too. So give us the votes. Um, his put on his your gi. His vocal yeah. was better. His 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 vocal was more powerful. We were really taken aback by it. The the Switzerland and also like 
the the Swiss on the vocal was definitely weaker. And the song was just a little bit, uh, I don't know if the European public felt what I said, but uh, the Swiss boy being like, I don't want to be a soldier. Great news for you, kiddo. Well, how did Slovenia come in at number 21? How did Slovenia that, come in that one is so a real low? That could have been any, you know, you love the hives kind of band 20 years ago. The, the fact of the matter is we're going to need to, for next year, have a uh, Eurovision experienced European person who can get to the heart and soul. Because I really do feel some of this is so steeped in traditions that are like a total mystery to us. And I'm out here like I'm admitting to like my complete lack of knowledge because this is one in which like I'm I'm happy to say that because I wish I didn't have this lack of knowledge and I wish America wasn't such a pop culture factory such that like slogging through everything that we produce means that like it really takes being people like us who are like I want not just our pop culture, but like every great, interesting thing I can get my hands on. And it took me, you know, a, a long time to get there. Uh, it took me, you know, growing up from from a little kid to start, sort of start doing things like moving away from pop music into indie music. And it took me, you know, finally in my 30s, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I have cultivated a really great taste. I'm not really very... Uh, up on what's going on in Europe. I, I kind of have given the rest of the world short shrift. Um, and there's just so much that I know that I don't know about mm. what goes into the songs that get chosen. And I'm fascinated to learn. I also just want to say that uh, I'm a numbers man. Yeah, I, you are. I'm a numbers man big time. I'm not saying, you know, value is determined quantitative or qualitatively, um, but rather that there is at least a value that can be derived from an understanding of median and shift. You know, places one and two are pretty close. Places three and yeah. four are pretty close. Places five and six are pretty close. And then it's everybody else in the rest of the world. And that's that. I think it's also of note that Germany only received 18 points. Now, the points are determined by nations and their votes. They give points. It's very... Whenever a European person says to me again, I have no idea how American politics work. Guys, it's the Eurovision vote. This is exactly it. Right? We're going to get you there. Yeah, so, you know, the first thing I think is somebody had to give Germany the votes and you can't give your own country votes. So somebody else said that was like, yeah, best. And that's yeah. the kind of thing that I do like seeing, uh, this sort of sense of um, openness. Uh, I do think that a number of songs do just sort of like, you know, disappear from my brain. But the songs that really stand out are the ones that like, had the killer dance break like Israel or used the stage in a cool way like Armenia. I don't know why the whole world turned on Armenia here. She was system of a diva and I was ready for it. Uh, as TK said, the toxicity of our titties. So 
I mean, I do think that's another one where I I can uh, one reason I can imagine or posit is like Kevo's nickname was not incorrect. It was very Ariana Grande. And I can really see people being like, okay, but I can get this elsewhere. Uh, And I think she did go in a really different direction uh and kind of it was funny like she was giving me what i always think i'm gonna get from ariana grande when the music video starts Mm -hmm. and then we get about two bars into it and i go oh no she's just doing that again uh which like if it was making me that much money i'd keep doing it too but uh there was a little bit of like this feels very made for consumption and I think maybe that just this is uh, a public in a contest that knows that that can't be the thing. Um, I also really want to quickly shout out that Belgium. Uh, yep. Nope. Had, yeah. Belgium yeah. 182. My favorite punk band from the 90s. <laughs> Belgium. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Out of here. Uh, play seventh uh for Gustav's song uh because of you which was a queer anthem uh that was one that like uh you know the cultural exchange felt a little bit like for all that maybe America is missing out on something uh at the very least Belgium maybe needs to cross over the pond and have some uh ballroom classes <laughs> um but I was I was pretty stoked to see an openly gay contestant and a, a very queer themed song and performance do so well. And it's great to see Carly Simon's hat continue to have a career. Yeah, mm. big dumb hat's gonna follow us everywhere. You went Carly Simon, I went Lou Bega. That's fine. Mambo number five. There were clouds Mambo number one eighty two. Coffee clouds in my coffee and why are there clowns in her coffee? Oh my god, she's drinking clowns. Um, so anyway, um <laughs> too bad you can't edit these. So I just want to say one more time, uh, there were so many cool surprises for me as a viewer. One of the things that I'm most excited about is that the order of performance seems to have had very little effect on the order of placement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not like Slovenia, Croatia, and United Kingdom dominate the top. Uh, in fact, the toward the end performances, it only looks like Israel really did um, notably well, though Norway, of course, uh, which was an early favorite, and Ukraine. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest, I did not, not only care for the Ukraine song, but I do see that there's a lot of uh, responses on the official Eurovision page that are kind of like two and a half stars. Uh, I think one of the things that's important to recognize is that even when a song isn't, you know, uber bangers, you can use your vote in this to signify support of a nation and saying, I even like your less stellar music is a good way to say, Ukraine, we still see you. We still hear you. We still know you're there. And it's not the same thing as, you know, uh, standing in Tiananmen Square blocking an oncoming tank. But I do think there is something to be said for the power of saying the song doesn't get my vote. Ukraine does. Yeah. So I completely agree with that. And, you know, that's another fascinating part of Eurovision is the way that world geopolitics plays into what is happening at the moment that we come together, they come together um, to 
have this event and you know to the previous idea of sort of placement not necessarily affecting uh how you do one of the things i love most about eurovision is the way that uh they really keep the party going for the entire four hours and they keep the energy up. You know, we're about to talk about Drag Race where there's always a comedy challenge. There's usually a roast or a stand-up comedy special in which they always talk about how important it is to maybe if you're a bad comedian not be last because last is such a difficult spot but also you don't want to be in the middle because that's where you're the most forgettable and i think a lot of that has to do with sort of the energy of crowds and the sort of we there's we have so many choices when it comes to events and this is true in europe too we have so many choices when it comes to events that you really have to think strategically about energy but eurovision is a unique once a year special thing that like they have figured out how to keep it going the whole time and keep the energy of the spectators the whole time such that i don't i think you are right i think you don't necessarily have to worry as much about like I got a bad spot because I think people really are know what they're getting into and know what they're sitting down to watch and are really down for like, if the most amazing song I hear is 13 of 26, I will still remember it and love it uh, just as much as that last song that, yep. you know, might be fantastic. Uh, speaking of last song that might be fantastic, Kevo, would you please pull up a photo of Karaja one more time for us? Karia. Karia, thank you. I, I just can't ever look at him enough. Uh, I love him so much. I just think he's so great. Uh, put on one hell of a performance last night. I just want to say congratulations to everybody. Uh, first place was amazing. Second place was amazing. This guy redefines queer punk for me in a way that I love. Uh, I am going to not sneeze on air. Oh, 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 you got oh, this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I said there it in my face. Thank you. So, um, I'm like, it. you I know, if you are a clothing year. designer, you run an Etsy store, uh, people will be looking to buy that Karia top. So if get to sewing. Me a, like a half Tom of Finland, half that. So like that with some leather straps, I'll wear it every day for the rest of my life. Uh, now, I guess, uh, closing thoughts on uh, Eurovision. Kevo, TK, honestly, changed my life in a really good way. I'm going to do Eurovision by the week next year. Uh, I'm going to pick up a bunch of these songs. I'm going to make sure they hit my algorithm on YouTube so that uh, I hear more from these brilliant artists. Uh, they've got fan uh, got a fan for life in me, and uh, I can't wait to hear more from these artists. Teak, Kevo. What you got, Kevin? <laughs> I'm sorry. In the words of Alyssa Edwards, oh, the song. Nailed it. Not so much words, but fair enough. Um, yeah, I really liked it a lot. Um, if I wished there were any breaks at all, it's just because you never wanted to leave the room. So you never wanted to like miss anything. Um, so I could have used if anything just breaks for that but it's it's such a testament to how it didn't feel like there was any seventh inning stretch it didn't feel like there was any act where i was like i'm good um yeah it was it was really a lot of fun i enjoyed it i'm looking forward to learning more about the process and uh 
doing it again. And I really appreciate you wanting to share this with us. Well, I had such a good time watching it with you guys. It is rare that I get uh, people to watch it with uh, the last couple years. I've just kind of watched it by myself. Um, it's really, it's so funny to me how many people are like, no, that's that's Eurovision. I am in America. I will not be watching, uh, which is just a very silly way to think of things, I think. What a um, dumb thing to do. What a dumb, arbitrary decision to make to miss out on some of the best songs I've heard all year. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I just, it really, Eurovision is one of those things that inspires me in uh, a way that few other event musical television things do because it's different than all the rest of them for me for my life and it just makes me think of all the ways i want to like apply the differences that i see in how eurovision approaches a song contest to uh you know how i approach my art seeing all the other people who are doing similar things and how can i be different and uh on top of all that i just i love the spectacle I love the drama. I love the performances. Uh, it's just so much fun. And it's really fun to share with people. And, uh, you know, little little gay boys who don't care for sports so rarely get competitive events like this where you get to sit around with your buddies and, you know, scream at the TV and jump up and do all that stuff. But uh, the things that we choose to uh, compete in are equally valid for that and it's one of the reasons that i love drag race so much so uh i really appreciate you guys taking the time to share both with me because they mean a lot to me and i think they're better shared with friends agreed a million percent and while i personally feed drag race eurovision but for dudes who don't know how to look good in a dress into bard to come up with the best way to showcase myself uh i do believe we have some amazing commercials about some fun products you can check out here on uh, x's for show uh so don't forget to like subscribe fall madly in love with me and um promise me forever I was just, I was vibing. Uh, to so this tracks- great song that we have in our commercial music. Uh, that's just such a banger and I'm so into. Uh, and, you know, I'm just so curious about who wrote it and performed it and whether or not they're really handsome and talented. I hear they well, are. Uh, they, uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, I am not uh, Nobu Umatsu. So I cannot uh, claim responsibility for the brilliant piece of music playing right now, Saber's Edge. Uh, or is it Blinded by Light? Either way, it's from Final Fantasy. No, it's Blinded by Light. It's from Final Fantasy Thirteen. Um, it's no matter what, uh, you know, just really one of the great joys of this show is getting to make art that is referential of other people. And uh, one of the great joys in my life the last year has been getting to be part of the uh, drag race community uh, and it's unbelievable what drag race has come to mean to our family uh, and that's all thanks to both this guy right here but uh, a voice that is of course no stranger to this show he is one of the guiding voices founding voices and uh, just gosh darn it if he isn't just the cutest button in the whole wide world uh, yeah. pushed mm-hmm. us to watch this show for a zillion billion years 
Uh, and because he knew, he just knew that we were uh, fans meant for it all along. So everybody, uh, please welcome to the stage, uh, Pork Chop. Wait, no, that can't be right. Me, I'm the first celebrity queen. That's okay. Hi. Hey, Jojo. Where can everybody find you? You can follow me over on Twitter, Instagram at Peak Jonah. That's P-E-A-K. And we okay. hope you don't get eliminated from this experience. No, I hope I hope they don't pull your lipstick. Let me start with so complicated. That, exactly, that's where I want to start. Kevo and I have now watched five, six, seven, eight, nine, fifteen, and we're in All Stars two and All Stars eight. And uh, I was not prepared for. This I'm ready system. for Eurovision voting, not this secret lipstick assassin shit it's 1984 secret police <laughs> what what drag I, I, espionage michelle visage is going to make a jinx monsoon clone with skin cells she finds on a chair from the 1970s and then that clone is gonna be a huge part of drag civil war and that's you in which that you is, death drop for your life. That's my impression of Ross Matthews. <laughs> the hilarious Ross Matthews. Hilarious oh Ross Matthews. One you know things, when you're a kid and you're walking around your house. <laughs> which One of the things I love the most is how much the, the guest judges really do kind of represent the whole world. Uh, but having grown up a huge Michelle Visage fan, uh, being part of this is really special. So, Okay. Okay. Rewind. I want to rewind a minute. Yeah. So let's start uh, with this is mine. Kevo's first All Stars. Mm -hmm. So Kevo, yeah. I'd love to get your your reaction to what we're doing, where we're going, who you know, where you're like, what? Uh, I am. I'm putting it right out there. Darian, you are a silver fox, and uh, woof. Darian, uh, such a handsome man. Uh, so, Kevo, how are you feeling about this season, about these contestants? Talk to me, and then I need to hear from the uh, the two uh, all-star all-stars, as it were. You talk. Um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's interesting. Like you pointed out, we're not quite used to this uh, sort of voting system on the all-stars that we've experienced previously. Uh, so... And oh my gosh, and now the lip sync assassin and all of this. Just every, every, every time Rue just pulls out something new, doesn't she? Whereas Jonah, over we... on Project Runway, they're just sort of like, nope, same stuff. Always weird. When we were watching Jonah and they're like, it's Aja. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And so I was like, okay, here's how I think I understand it. I think this is like unlockable DLC characters that get released later in the season. That was when uh, the European one came out. When you were like, who is this character I've never even heard of? They weren't even released in America. Pagina? I love Pangina. her. Pangina. Pangina. You can be Pagina. Yeah. So, All-Stars... Dazzle me. 
Um, so this is the eighth installment of the U.S. All-Star season. And like as they pointed out, every season's going to have a twist. Um, and sometimes they pull the twist out of their butts at the very end of the show, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense because they didn't tell them beforehand. <laughs> That's straight out of different All-Stars. Don't, don't, tell, yeah, don't <laughs> tell them which one. <laughs> um, but for so what I really love Ooh. about this cast of... Um, characters these queens is that there is a very wide range of different people cast here we have people who were early outs eliminated first or second we have people mm -hmm. who are eliminated towards a little bit um towards the midway we have people who've made it to the finale or close to it um i i was when this cast was announced and we're seeing you know and they're premiering all these queens i was so giddy because there were a couple of people in here who I've been waiting for so long, like Mrs. Kasha Davis, Darian Lake, Jessica Wilde. These were people that I've been like wanting to have on All Stars for so long. Especially Darian, I was actually kind of also hoping she'd come back as a lip sync assassin because she is mm -hmm. an incredible performer and knows mm -hmm. exactly what to do. Um, love but her I also, so much. So I also so love much. Uh, the international queen of my heart and many hearts. Uh, Jimbo is here, Jimbo! and they're finally. Um, doing these crossovers of allowing queens from different franchises to be able to compete on more the u.s season which i would probably argue has the widest audience yeah um and it's really really um opening the doors for a lot of different queens to be able to appear here so it you know uh, there's so many that are uh, from the international seasons i'm excited to see i if, if there's anything you need to know about me if there's anything is I am a diehard Candy Muse stan. I will not stand oh. for any slander yeah. against Candace Musical. She <laughs> had one of the roughest go-abouts on her original season. Mm -hmm. And when the world mm -hmm. kind of realized, you know what? She made some damn good TV for us. She really knew exactly what she was doing. And she has the charisma to like honestly own the world. And so like I I'm super excited to get to see her again. I just love it. it. Sounds like she's always talking with a bran muffin in her mouth. I, we love that. <laughs> we do. I'm not coming she, for it. I literally love it. I uh, I have a little bit of a different feeling about Candy, though. She has really grown on me. Uh, I do feel that Candy, in many cases, reaped what she sowed. Um, I think that it's so tough because drag race fandom is so incredibly toxic that mm -hmm. sometimes queens really do deserve a little bit of like clap back when they behave a certain way but you know that's like oh that wasn't cool or like i watched that and it made me uncomfortable and what actually ends up happening is so appalling that it's just like okay now this is so bad that i don't even want to be like but did they get the lesson i'm just like let's gas this person up because nobody deserves to feel that way uh silky not Ganache of season 11 is another one really wasn't a queen that i loved really didn't like her behavior but then uh the way that fandom addressed that by being so staggeringly racist and fat phobic just made it so that i was like i'm not interested in not liking this person anymore because they've just been treated too terribly so you know that's a weird thing that happens with drag race but uh i am now very much like i just rewatched season 13 and candy is really fun she does in fact make for great tv uh she's and she's really talented she's a great drag queen 
uh and she's she's one to watch and one for that i'm rooting for for this season uh but yeah this is this is an interesting bunch and it's an interesting setup for the season. Lip sync assassins have been since season six, season five, season five. Yeah. Um, they introduced this current all stars format and all stars five, all stars five, I think had a slight problem of not having a large enough cast to really yeah. benefit from it. Yeah. But when we saw it in all stars six, it yeah. really shone and it felt like, Oh wow. Okay. A lot of these lipstick assassins are here to win. They get nothing out of it. The no, they're just there to kill get it. Screen time. Yeah, and when yeah. they they're just there to come, up their uh, their booking fee. When they come on and they're like, "I'm giving it my all," like I'm going to win this ten thousand. It's the most yeah. amazing thing in the entire world to see people yeah. actually fight for it. You um, know, and season five also was kind of uh, it was kind of like the season seven of All Stars. Uh, you know, season seven of regular Drag Race of All Stars. Insofar as like amazing cast, I think production got a little wonky that season in a way that really didn't serve yeah. the cast. Uh, the thing I always go back to is the I'm in love with musical challenge, which memeably stupid as it is, was just such a waste of time for that group of contestants who really acquitted themselves as best as they could uh, with that particular challenge. But like, it, you know, you really do every once in a while you get those absolute duds and you can feel right now the energy and like, even though I felt like the news challenge was a little bit odd, I feel like production is on point for this particular episode I or for this particular season. Very surprised because typically in All Stars, they've made it the trend of the first episode being a talent show, but yeah. later called I, a variety show. Yeah. And it was a very, we've talked about it when we watched the first episode. It was a very interesting choice for production to not do that with this cast of queens. I'm not sure if they're going to do what they did on a previous season, which is they waited till the end of the show to do this, even though that season had two of them, basically. Um, no, it only had one. It did only have one. Um, it is just a little interesting because that's that's where the, uh, the, the Kevo and Nico have heard me say the joke. Um, okay, the first episode dropped. 15 new singles are out. Right. That, yep. that originates in All-Stars. Well, and, you know, the fact yeah. of the matter is I think that really might have been why they decided not to do it. Um, I don't, I'm looking at this group and I don't know that I'm seeing anybody who's going to give us something that isn't dancing over a single that they're lip syncing to. Maybe Jimbo. Because Jimbo did one of the, one of the best, most out there talent mm -hmm. show moments of when, all When you time. guys get to the first uk versus the world you'll see uh, an incredible talent show performance yeah but you know looking at this group i don't really see anybody uh you know i maybe kasha would do comedy uh, do like a stand-up comedy act a type five which i would love to see but i feel like maybe they knew that you know because we just did season 15 where i think we did have too many of those uh i think that oh well, so <laughs> I do just want to break in real quick with something yeah, you guys please. mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, it's sort of the nature of the lip sync assassin, which I was not prepared for. Um, but something that I really just want to say that I love about the nature of drag race is the way they take care of their own. 
there are some classic queens. There's, you know, some maybe personal human favorites like Dax, uh, Mar- Dax exclamation point, who I, I personally have had the pleasure of getting to know and uh, think could do a real good job having not seen the fair shake. But speaking of people who got their fair shake, but I'm going to watch anyway. Uh, my favorite moment in television history is quite literally Valentina asking to keep the mask. I can't even talk about it. It is literally the most, it is the most engaged I have ever this been year. by a mo- I, I can't, no, ever, ever. I have never experienced shock like that in my life. The first time I got my nipple pierced, I went into shock in the ah, parking lot and couldn't breathe and was sweating profusely and thought I was going to die. Uh, this was that. I had that level reaction. So I'm going to watch everything Valentina does for the rest of my entire life um, because that was the most insane thing I'd ever seen. And any opportunity to support more uh, Latin American programming is really great in my eyes. Um and so I just really love seeing the way they take care of their own. But could you guys tell me a little bit about uh, Valentina's host, co-host here? Because I have no idea. Uh, I'm personally not familiar with her. Um... Uh, she is Lolita Banana. And so I don't know too much about her. But uh, she is evidently going to be co-hosting. That's all I know. And so I'm just really curious if anybody was familiar with her from the franchise. We might not, but that doesn't mean she's not known, you know, and in her circles. Uh, From the promo image, she looks stunning. Yeah. So, great first impression. Yeah. I love that. She's not a queen that I know, but, you know, one of the things I was saying to Nico is, like, uh, Drag Race France season one. Sorry. Yeah, she was on France season one. Yeah. Um I drag race Mexico is a really big next step for the drag race franchise because, uh, you know, Mexico is, is huge. And a lot of other central and South American nations follow Mexican TV. So this is not, you know, of course they all should have their own drag races as well, but this will be content for a wide swath of people. There's of course already been drag race España, but, uh, Mexico and Spain speak the same language, but are very different countries and cultures. So this is much closer to the rest of South and Central America's culture. And that's a huge thing. And what I was saying to Nico is like, uh, Bad Bunny is the best-selling artist of the last few years by like an insane margin. The numbers are just nuts, but they are numbers that are primarily world audience numbers that are not American numbers. And so while he is definitely a celebrity here and his star is rising, uh, we I don't think we think of him as like one of our biggest celebrities. Uh, and similarly, I think Drag Race Mexico is kind of going to end up being the bad bunny of Drag Race franchises where like to us in America and to a lot of American Drag Race fans, it's maybe not going to seem like the world's biggest deal. But in terms of how it expands the franchise to a whole new group of people, how the money that that generates, the talent that that generates, the more that that adds onto the machine will ultimately benefit everybody. And I'm just very excited to see, uh, you know, the the more we can do things like uh, X country versus the world, uh, anything that we can do to 
make the international franchises part of a family that is recognizable to all drag race fans is really exciting and i actually think is like a really great form of backdoor cultural exchange uh if you would like to know a very interesting fact that i found out yeah. um one of the most uh, biggest entrepreneurs in the world mr beast here on youtube yeah uh, talks about how he has a channel that just translates his videos in spanish and they outnumber his main channel by a large margin um in terms of like view count and that money that generates and all that different things and it just goes to show like as cultural centrally as the u.s can be when it comes to tv media content and how much it produces and how much it gets out there there are there's a large audience that don't speak english that will consume it if it is a more spoken language something like spanish yep. yeah but I say, even if they do speak english i i absolutely would not blame somebody for just wanting to enjoy something if they're bilingual in a language they also speak and yeah. as a cuban man and jonah not to like i don't know point at your brownness but like as a, as a puerto rican man you know the two of us do represent sort of maybe the whiter side of uh latin culture and i promise you i'm not gonna i mean yeah okay it's got valentina but i'm gonna watch it either way to support spanish culture latin culture Cuban culture, Mexican culture, you know, when you're Cuban, but you're like white. <laughs> it's by that. I mean, like you don't really live in like a Cuban area uh, when you're, you know, Dominican, but don't live in a Dominican area. A lot of times you don't have the luxury of being like, oh, I live in a Cuban network. You are forcibly diversified within the Latin community um, as opposed to, you know, coming to it on your own, which can also be, you know, really beautiful. But like, I never really knew Cuban culture. I knew, oh, all Latin people living in New Jersey culture. And so Mexican culture has always been a big part of my being Cuban because the other Mexican kids in school, you know, the, the Mexican kids in school, the other Latin kids in school celebrated Mexican culture the way I celebrated Cuban culture. So there was always that sort of interplay of ideas. And so this, to me, feels really good. I'm so excited about this. Uh, I think the two hosts look beautiful on the uh, front piece. Having just finished Violet Tchotchke's season and coming to the terms with the fact that I am really into girly girl queens. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, I you, honey. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, they're so pretty. <laughs> I also, I'm really appreciative of a lot of these international franchises allowing queens who are from those nations, whether they're directly from there, whether they're descendants from it, to be able to host it. Uh, it started with season 11 alum, you haven't met her yet, Brooklyn Heights hosting Drag Race Canada. Uh, and that also, you know, opened the doors to Drag Race France, which also just got announced second season, um, hosted by season 12 alum, Nikki Dahl. So I really love that these queens, because obviously- Taking care of their own, man. Exactly, but yeah, who better- to be one of the better judges of someone who's already gone through the experience who's going to give you the best advice of like this if you want to win this competition this is what you should be doing siriano i uh i really appreciate that and that is absolutely the case i definitely uh saw the announcement for drag race canada and thought uh brooklyn heights is not the rupaul of canada I'm sorry, but she's just not. And you know that is true, but uh, it, it's it. What? But really, hold on. Does that mean that 
Jeffrey Bauer Chapman is would be Michelle Visage. Or, yes. I say, is he not the Michelle Visage of Canada? Uh, he is not. He, well, you know, he's sort of like the evil twin version because like, oh, every no. time he's he was nasty. fired. So he's the Santino. Yeah, there it is. Um, but you know, uh, Drag Race Canada does stuff differently. Of course, they uh, their their judges all vote equally. Um, they, you know, they, it's a much different. <laughs> That's so Canadian. Yeah, uh, they 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 do their own thing, and like in that way, Brooklyn is is fantastic for the job. And Joni, you nailed exactly why it totally should be okay. I'm just like such a little like. Come on, there has to be a Canadian that's like famous and deserves it. But, you know, I think Brooklyn is fantastic. And uh, I'm excited to see how other franchises uh, break out of the standard drag race mold. Because the fact of the matter is, I think ultimately we may end up having to take inspiration from them because uh, Rue can't do this forever. No, and I just, just want to say my precious Alaska and Bianca, because they're my, you know, they're my girls. They're my home girls. Adore was my home girl, but I am. I need You're to on sit the on. I need to think about this. Yeah. Do you need a five? He's very upset. No. He's, I, he, I was, he's being I was doing a bit, but my bit took me into another room to, to really sell it. Uh, I'm, I'm catching up on all of this. I'm like, man, I'm just so in love with this show. And so I'm trying to absorb as much of it as I can as quickly as possible. Uh, and so I just saw some shocking Adore Delano, who I, I want to put out there. Adore Delano has maybe one of the best vocal tones I've ever heard in my entire life. I think she might be one of the finest singers to ever be on TV. Just such a fan of her voice. Um, not a fan of her all-stars run. I'm a bigger fan of Smash Mouth's all-star run. So oh, that's uh, let's uh, now that I've, I've had a chance to talk about Valentina, the prettiest girl in the world, let's jump back to uh, all stars. Cool. <laughs> so all stars. Oh, man. OK, so. Well, so hold on. Little... You, Nico, yeah. you always lead the conversation and go, you know, first impressions, everybody. But all stars, all stars eight. You first impressions. Uh, I like first love... impressions of this experience. Okay. I am famously an old soul, but like younger brother energy around old souls. So when I say this, I say this positively and with love. This cast skews a little cocoon. And it's shocking how AARP, this uh, RPDRAS is. And while I am checked in to the old folks' home with them, this yeah. did in some ways feel that, okay, first of all, Alexis Michelle, best in show, girl. You are looking so good. I'm so impressed with how much you've grown. I am just waiting for you to say, but I just thought I did, I just thought I did in the top. And so I'm surprised. I'm just surprised that no one told me that, no, I just thought you would tell me I'd be in the bot. Okay, so I'm ready for that. Um, Something like that is absolutely going to happen. I, James, 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 I loved you in your season, but you always seemed afraid to love yourself and uh, most improved human being in the world. Uh, so impressed with you, James. Love you so much. 
uh, it just felt so good to see women who feel like my old friends already because that's one of the things that mm -hmm. drag race girls give you they give you who they are um and the second i saw jimbo i forgot everything else in the world and my god this is this is pagliacci this is like the greatest clown in the world this is everything so uh, that's how i feel i feel like this is confronting me with that man i wish i'd gotten into drag race when i first uh started meeting phenomenal drag queens like the unstoppable and irrepressible demanda martini who you should all go check out on every social media follow like support patreon kofi do the thing angela bassett and um big fan um really should have gotten into it when jonah said to when tk <laughs> said to and uh so i feel like i'm making up for lost time that's how i feel these women i don't know i feel stronger because of them uh when these women have these moments of strength like i think about bianca oh my god bianca reminds me of every as a cuban man bianca is everybody i ever wished would have just been like it's okay you're gay and you're tacky and it's fine like, I just wish anybody in my family would have done that for me. Uh, that moment where Bob stands up for Derek. Man, Bob should have let Derek hang himself. <laughs> but Bob said, I am an activist. And my job is to make sure that the queer community is stronger together. And Bob put the queer community before him. God damn it. I can't talk about this on air. Bob, These queen women of the people these women are the strongest women in the universe in some ways. And so I just feel like I am getting to see like a grand dames of the stage. Um, and that all said, damn, these bitches old. Okay. <laughs> like these women are so old. I'm here for it. Uh, but it is, it is a truly rewarding experience. Unlike I, unlike so few I mean, in my life. part of the nature of an All-Stars is how young can the youngest queen even be if it's after a season. But the if youngest If it's detox here, at any given point, the youngest part of her could be only several weeks old. The youngest here is 27. Um, a lot of the queens specifically skew 37, 38. And then the uh, two oldest by a stretch are Darian and Miss Kasha. Kasha, man, I... Number one, girl, love your cereal. Number two, uh, there is a certain level of elegance that is usually reserved for older queens. But, you know, a Jinx Monsoon has it from birth that... We sort of uh, apply to an older queen, you know, uh, Ginger Minge kind of had it too. Um, this this sense of, um, uh, why can't I think of her name? I keep wanting to call her Deborah Messi. Um, Kevy, uh, you're like, no, she's an insurrection. And I'm like, no, she's in curtains. And I'm like, no. Donna Murphy. Donna Murphy. There's Deborah a certain Messi. sense that each one of these women are kind of Adonna Murphy. Uh, they're sort of that that bigness of a Patti Lapone. And first of all, we don't treat our women over the age of 38 with any respect in the first place. So how could I imagine we would do it for men dressing as women? But like, I think that something that RuPaul is really learning to shed is a sense of 
the preciousness of the commodification of age. There is a warm embrace of an aging queendom. And Keva, like you said, it's all stars. We're reaching back 15 years with this franchise. You know, there's a, a sense of, right? That's how long it's been on at this point. Yeah. We're reaching back a really long way. There are so many beautiful women who have aged so much, so gracefully. And some who have aged like shit and want to show that off too. Bitch, come be a mess. I, and like, I, I love it. I also have to say, it's something about queer culture as well, that there is this odd sense of time uh, due to the way we look at culture, the way that we uh, embrace and use culture for our own art. I'm looking at this promo shot of Miss Kasha Davis and these, you know, headshots that she's holding out to these boys where she looks like Pharaoh or one of the Charlie's Angels. And I'm like, yeah, you're old, but if you're 51, that means that you were, like, born in 1972. So, like, you were in elementary school in the 80s. <laughs> you're not actually from the 70s in any way. Those your should be pictures of you looking like that... Tawny Katane. Those your are heyday when you were that age. Your heyday when you were that age was in the 90s and the early 2000s not the 70s so you're already dating yourself to make yourself look like you are 70 by making yourself look like you performed at studio 54 in your personality and so i think that's part of what is making you feel like these women are so old well they want you to think they're old until they don't want you to think they're old all right so i just want to go out on the on the record and say uh We've already lost two queens, right? We lost the unbelievably beautiful, the incredibly brave, and the one-of-a-kind talent and beauty, Monica Beverly Hills, cop three. And I am devastated by that. I only wish I had thought to do a version of the theme from Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, I would have done a mashup troop Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, amazing. Um, now, I feel like one of the things that seeing Monica really represented for me was a really beautiful way to understand how far the trans community has come in visibility. You know, when Monica was on, it was still, there were some questions about the right way to use terminology. And now we live in a world where there have been several incredible women who are trans women who have won that crown. And uh, most recently, the irrepressible Sasha Colby, uh, queen of my heart, goddess as she is. Uh, every time she says goddess and goddess, I immediately cut to COVID from um, Project Runway freaking out about Mimi. You're a real life goddess. goddess. Oh my God, he's so excited. Uh, oh he's the sweetest man in the world. So... Uh, how did you guys feel about losing Monica Beverly Hills again? Just really a class act and an incredible lady. Um, I was a little sad because she's, uh, we just, you know, semi-recently watched season five and she was a queen who was eliminated third on her season. And she was also a queen that WoW hasn't really worked with in terms of like their online content. WoW, like anything on their website plus, anything on their YouTube channel. There are certain queens from plenty of seasons that they bring back for, even if it's one time, it's still a little bit something. But Monica was someone that they haven't really shown 
as if they were like, we're really not that interested. So when I saw her, I was really excited because this is a brand new audience for her. This is like, you know, a moment. Uh, it's been 10 years since she's been on. And I was, you know, really excited to see, okay, how far have you come? Where Like, show me that growth. And I am a little sad that we lost her so early. Um, but I am excited to see a lot of what the package she's brought. I am slightly... Fame games, baby! I don't yes, know how to feel about the fame games that yet. That helps a lot. But I do, will say, I do very much appreciate that they are allowing these queens to showcase their, you know, their outfit packages that they brought. Because these they queens... They were doing it anyway. So Rue yes. might as well have made a thing out of it. And Rue might as well make money on it. I wasn't going to use those words, but if you want to use those words, those are the words. You know, people, the, the, these queens spend a lot of money. Some of them even go into debt just to bring the amount of things. And yeah. as, you know, yeah. it, it, there is a, a very large conversation happening about uh, Drag Race becoming a little um, gatekept in terms of price, where as mm. we continue more and more, our expectations of what is what we want to see on the runway becomes a little bit out of budget for Steep. many people. Uh, especially if you're planning, which you should be there for every single week. It's a lot of money for all these custom outfits. And um, I, I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bummed to see uh, that we didn't get to see a lot more of her, but I am excited that we get to see everything and I wish her the best of luck in the Fame Games. Cause yeah, I think that's the bummer part of All Stars is now you actually do know these queens and you're excited to see them back. And especially at this end of the season, you're like, no, not yet. And there's um somebody else. We'll we'll talk about it. I don't want to name names yet, but they talk about when you go back to All Stars, it's a little bit more comfortable because it, this isn't your first time for a lot of queens. Uh, for a lot of queens, it's their first time being on TV. Period. It's a lot of their first time just being around cameras. Uh, when they go around for the first go when it's the first go around but the second go around you're a little bit more used to it you're familiar with the crew and the cast and production you'll see familiar faces you'll see people that you're used to you might have the same story producer you might you know there's a lot of familiarity of like i could be a little bit more comfortable i could be a little bit more confident and that is one of the more exciting things about all stars is like these queens do get to be a little bit more confident because they've already done it the first time mm-hmm TK, yeah. lay it on me. All-star me, big guy. I think Jonah nailed some of the really most important and salient points. I love that they are doing uh, the queen of the fame games this season uh, because we do want to see it. Uh, we do want to see what these girls brought. And uh, I think turning that into a secondary competition is a great idea. Um, I think they will probably wind up having to perfect it. Uh, I'm not sure how voting is going to work. Um, you know, I'm not sure how honest it will be or if it will become a fan favorite situation. Um, fan favorite. Work fan favorite. So I, but I think it is a really good idea. Um, you know, I always watch what you pack in the post show uh, mm. on YouTube that Michelle Visage does where she interviews the most recently eliminated queen and uh, they take a look at three of their looks that they were going to bring, but that's not enough. And, you know, it does deserve to be kind of put in for consideration. Um, so I think, you know, adding that to the All-Stars mix is so important. There's been a lot of talk and rumors about how this may be the last season that does uh, eliminations because we had a scene, a series um 
that did no eliminations. The the points still stacked up, uh, but no queens went home. They they competed every every challenge, and um, as Jonah was saying, it's so expensive to be there. I think it's just starting to be unfair uh to ask these people to you know put in thousands of dollars to arrive and then go home with so their early. jobs yep yeah possibly um, sublet their apartments yep oh i don't want to i don't want to tear up talking about her um but um you know you guys just watched season eight and you saw chi chi devane who didn't have a lot of money yeah who was working at a gas station making you know minimum wage a low amount of money and had to was making her outfits there um that's not something i don't think we're really going to see ever again is these queens that don't that, those diamonds that just need to be polished that just need that opportunity to be shown by that jeweler to be like we love this um it's it, so you know it's just one of those things and you know i would love if there were like uh if there were some other i i've always said like i wish they would uh expand the product line and do like uh specifically like a shorter season or a shorter version of the show that is specifically creative talent focused and i wish they would do uh you know maybe it's a four episode mini season where it's literally just a pageant like for all of the girls who compete in the pageant system to be able to do drag race and not have to do the same types of challenges as uh you know girls who really are comedians and who do comedy and drag which is something i want to see all day long but i would love to give you know i like this uh everybody trying their best and trying at things that they may fail at i think that's still a great format but i'd love to see other versions of the product and you know something that uh where the expectation is you won't be spending a lot of money would i think be really fascinating um and you know that kind of is how I'm feeling about the season of all stars is I love that they are still innovating with this particular product, that they are always looking for new twists and new things to do, uh, to, to keep it fresh. That never bothers me. I think it really does, uh, do everybody the justice of like, um, you know, it sort of levels out the playing field a little bit in that way of like, we are all clearly talented, but, uh, there's going to be some, wrenches thrown in the gears that have nothing to do with this person is better than this person because this is just a game and you should not evaluate every queen as though like well she was first out so she's actually not very good uh because there are other factors in play when it comes to an all-star season i am sad about monica uh i unfortunately mm -hmm. i did see that it made sense as a decision and that is the reality of this is, is sometimes the person who gets sent home is kind of the most appropriate uh nasha i have a very kind of cynical perspective on i like nasha i think she's great sorry i want to get to nasha in a second Go ahead. Oh, yeah, Kevo, I would love to hear your opinions on, you know, our first yeah. eliminated queen, Monica. I want to hear Kevo's opinions on Monica. And then I want, starting with Kevo, everybody's opinion on Aja. <laughs> um, sad. Just sad. You know, that's why I even pointed out before, you know, that's the harder thing about All Stars is you already know these people so well. And so you're excited to see them back and you don't want, uh, almost any of them cut that quickly uh especially because she was such a uh 
important figure in drag race history and i know what a rough road she's had i would have hoped to see uh a little bit more of her um aja was super unexpected uh doesn't even look like herself and we literally just watched that season so i'm like what's even happening it was i was so overwhelmed by that point uh, so I am looking forward to another lip sync assassin that I perhaps know a little better. Uh, so now that I'm prepared for this <laughs> system, uh, see who else they're going to get. Um, you know, I, I thought Aja looked beautiful. She looked like a model. She looked like Linda Evangelista. Um, I mean, she I, really did look gorgeous. She looks mm-hmm. gorgeous. I think she did kill it. I think she did win. Uh, mm-hmm. no, no, you know, shit show there. No feeling like somebody lied. Um, I was just sad to see, uh, a beautiful lady eliminated that I never got to really know. Not that I would have wanted to see anybody else go, but, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, you I, know, she really does make the case for like, the, it would be great not to do eliminations because I think at the end of the yes. day, she it, I, she strikes me just from what little I've seen and what little I know as maybe somebody who is not like super likely to make it to number one if she's there the whole time. But she's still somebody who I, I would love to see how she uh, does in various challenges. I'd love to see yeah. her acting and her comedy uh, and... I just we're at the point where I really do want to want to see these girls when I'm committing to a season of the show. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was so happy to see Aja. Uh, we should also be, you know, using her full name of Aja LaBeja because she is yeah. of the house of LaBeja. Uh, she, uh, you know, for you, Kevin. No and, longer the house of Aja. <laughs> no, no longer the house yeah. of Aja. She uh, walks ballroom with the house of LaBeja and she adopted that name. Um, and I, I know that's incredible and it's like such an important feat for anybody. Um, so I was really excited that they not only, you know, use her full name on the show, but the fact that she got to, you know, just come back, have a good time lip syncing because she's a very strong lip syncer. She knows, she knows how to perform and absolutely Aja won. I was Mm -hmm. slightly surprised. Kevo, you haven't seen Kahana perform before, but, uh, in her, um, original lip syncs on her season, she did a lot more stunts. She did a lot more tricks and I was a little it felt like she was holding back just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sometimes a strategy you see on all stars. When, when it's, it's for your legacy and not yes. for your life. Because um, there is an advantage to not being the one to have to eliminate people. Yep. They already get tipped $5,000 and that's amazing. Right. Um, and if you really want that 10K, go grab that 10K. But there is something to say of, I didn't have to send anybody home. I also think... Um, if you are expecting the possibility of a Lala Perusa, um, mm-hmm. not playing your best cards early on in the lip syncs uh, is a solid way to keep them guessing. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Now, like I said, I love Latin boys. So uh, I just want to say, number one, Nasha. I love this proud Latin George Michael thing you're doing and you're talking heads. Uh, I, I love the Nick Verios, uh, you know, jacket look. 
very Miami Knights. I love it. You look so handsome. Uh, done dirty three times now. Uh, girl, you are never going to get ahead on this show. But as it's been explained to me, I did not know that the beautiful Nisha, who really this image does not capture her beauty. This image does not capture her energy, her 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 look. She serves so hot, so good. Uh, but uh, TK, you were telling me that like she got a career. Yeah, um, she is. She works quite a lot in LA. She has become very famous this last year for hosting the Roscoe's viewing party, which is where we've gotten so many fantastic uh, clips of Queens kind of spilling the tea. And, you know, it's too bad because um, I think that's a challenge that they do on drag race sometimes where she could have killed it. She is a great host. I think I would Mm -hmm. love to see her, hosting uh, you know any kind of interview show with some of my favorite queens because i really think she does a great job she does a great job of empathizing she rolls with the punches of like people kind of sometimes they say something that's like off-putting or maybe a little like uh, and she party exactly and she knows how to keep it going in a way that's very impressive and as i was saying earlier so like props to her she really is talented it's not that i'm like she should go home come on like she should go home so that she can take more of these <laughs> pictures yeah i yeah i'm good for I'm you Nisha. good uh, yeah work fan favorite good um, for us uh i Nisha was a queen that i was really uh another one of those queens i was really excited to see again especially because uh like our current winner sasha colby like other um you know contestant um Brooklyn Heights. Misha Lopez is a former Miss Continental, Miss Continental and that is a yep. huge thing. Like we jokingly talk about what are the egots of you know drag race, and right now the two are winning drag race and winning Miss Continental, and and I guess all stars. Sure, why not? I, that can be actually, the tape. You know that can be the tape. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, what's yeah. a Tony? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Gina Gunn. Uh, <laughs> Um, but Nisha was a queen I really wanted to see more of, especially because I know the incredible feats and the incredible things you have to do to be able to win something like Miss Continental. Um, as TK said, she's a fantastic host. Uh, she's pretty quick-witted. She's able to come off, like, off the cuff, like, some pretty funny things. Like, she's a queen that I don't think the show really wanted to showcase her best talents. And that is a little just, you know, unfortunate because I was awaiting of, like, I, you know, she, it's a really big deal of what she has won already. And I'm really excited, you know, to see what she can do because she could perform. She could dance. She's beautiful. She knows exactly how to serve glamour and all these like this beautiful, beautiful aesthetic. Um, and so she was just someone I wanted, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we keep saying it. And I'm probably going to say this about everybody who's, you know, getting eliminated in these early episodes. I just wish you will last a little bit longer so I got to see more of you. But so the nature of any competition show like this, somebody has to go home. And I, I definitely, I, what I was saying to the guys is, I maybe am a little bit cynical and see this as a strategic thing for Nasha. Um, you know, I, she seems to me to be so sharp and so you know, understanding of drag as a business and drag race. I sort of have trouble believing that she didn't know that she was not likely to make it very far in which case this is a really good chance to get some tv airtime uh which you know is a good resume builder it means that she can tour more readily 
and I just sort of think that she I I I want to think that she kind of had to have been planning to not be in there a super long time um just because like the things that she doesn't do are things that are so key for drag race she very clearly just is not an actor uh she doesn't do comedy you know she's not gonna do well in the roast um so like you know i think there when you are at this professional of a level Jimbo's boobs are big how big Done. are they? <laughs> really big. Seriously. So, you know, I, I tend to think, I look at some queens and I'm like, I feel pretty confident that they understood that they were here to get their face in front of the crowd again and not to, like, fight for everything. No. And maybe I'm and totally wrong, but, you know. Career strategy is a strategy, too. You don't always have to do every season to take the crown. Some seasons are about booking fees and about keeping yourself busy. Sometimes you just say yes to dinner for a free meal. Precisely. Yep. Kevo, so, your thoughts? I thought I oh, wanted... Kevo, I just... <laughs> um, you... I'm so sorry. I thought you did. Uh, maybe I didn't. Uh, it was... Ri- oh, it's, it's, it the order in which we've watched everything is a little disorienting <laughs> that we just watched her go home twice and three times seeing her go home a third time. Uh, it's that's super disorienting. So that's built in sympathy for Nasha for me where I'm like, God, bitch just can't catch a break. Uh, so, Oh, I'm sorry. This was at so, least the median in between ninth and 12th. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. This was a... It was a new number for her. Congratulations. Um, I, I wanted to put out there a couple of things. I love that Lala Ree looks kind of like... And I mean this. Literally. The pretty femme version of Shaquille O'Neal in drag sometimes. Yeah. Like, really, truly Beautiful. And really takes some very strong masculine features and softens them out, makes them strong and regal. I think she's so beautiful. I think she moves real, real good for someone with her, like, body thickness. Real mm-hmm. impressed with all of these queens that move at 6'4", like they are 5'6". I think that is amazing um uh, alexis michelle jimbo and james manfield uh they're my choices but darian uh if you ever wanted to get coffee sometime i'd love to take uh, up coffee because we talked about aja i really just want to quick to quickly talk about i was so happy to see pangina back again and the fact that she had to lip sync against jimbo there's already a built-in rivalry uh, of pangina sending jimbo home and beating her in a lip sync previously it was I was so happy to see her, and I hope that potentially means she's a contender for a different All-Star season. Though, if she's on it, we just know she's going to win. She um, she was, you know, part of the host of being Drag Race Thailand, a phenomenal series, a phenomenal franchise that, you know, I hope one day eventually we'll be able to come back. Um, I thought the right person won, but it was, you know, it was a good fight. 
Anybody else? Any thoughts on final threes or anything about what we've seen so far from All Stars 8? No, I mean, I'm just, I'm really excited uh, to see how the Queen of the Fame game plays out. Um, Mm, Yeah. This, we had such a monumental, different all-star season with all-star seven it's very interesting to get back to a return to form um this definitely feels like a season that uh people's schedules came into play i i don't really imagine not that this this was like anybody's second choice but i imagine this was one of a number of groups that were suggested and it's always interesting how that plays out with all-stars but um I it's nice to have a little bit of a return to form with all of these older queens in the mix. Like I'm just I don't know. I'm I'm kind of rambling at this point, but I'm really excited to see uh how this all plays out is what it comes down to. Jonah. Um like I said before, a really really fun cast uh and you of queens from all across different positions in different seasons uh feels really well balanced in that it feels like these are a lot of queens who really uh were waiting and hungry to get that second opportunity uh on all stars that i'm really excited to see um if my prediction my hope my want i'm manifesting a win between candy muse jimbo or heidi in closet those are my Mm -hmm. rise of right now my picks loved heidi never met her loved her thought she was great I, I good good choices. I think maybe uh, I definitely candy. I think is a real front runner. Um, she's the only one that I'm like. I feel pretty confident that she's going all the way. Darian really strikes me as somebody who could, and I would love to see uh, Kasha as well. I'm I'm really going for the old girls, but I hope we do get one of the older queens and one of the queens from an older season up through the end my hope would be that james makes it uh james is such a talented person another one who maybe is not built for drag race competition uh and so that might be her eventual undoing but you know i'm stoked Mm. that she wasn't the first or the second one out so already she's just killing it i would love to see her take it all the way i think she is campy and adorable and has such a good heart and is such a fun queen to watch Kevo, talk to me. How do you feel about your first Drag Race All-Stars? It is always hard for me to speculate on um, because, you know, part of the nature of this being a game show and being so chaotic is anything could happen. We just watched All-Stars Season 2 and spoilers on an old thing, but, oh, wow, we didn't see a door coming. Uh, we're watching, or what, did, what What season did we just watch? Nine? We didn't see the double elimination with Dax coming? Like, you don't... That's all, you that's never all know. Hey, thank you. Um, it's, it's been such a whirlwind, it's hard to keep track. But that's even what I mean. Like, there's all these things all over where, um, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, what... Uh, who was the one who went out on the scent challenge? The perfume challenge that season? 
Ivy Winters. Oh yeah, Ivy Winters, Ivy Winters went out on a, a, a perfume challenge. Like that's so chaotic. That's not her fault. She's not a perfumologist, but that's <laughs> that's what got her kicked out. So I would say, you know, oh, everyone loves Jimbo. So Jimbo obviously is a huge contender for the finale, but. Jimbo could go home next week. Jimbo could, something could happen where Jimbo could self-term. Or Jimbo could just flunk on a challenge. Just people beef it sometimes. Or so, like, you know, challenge partners make challenges so crazy yes. sometimes. Because you never know what your partner is going to either bring out in you. Or even contribute to the scene. Like, we've seen so frequently in partner scenes where the partner does a great job, but they're just outshone. Let's not forget the partner challenge of Sasha Colby and Anitra being together on the comedy challenge. And they well, both beefed that. Yeah. One and, and two it, for the season. And it came down to them. Yep, they were one and two. Mm -hmm. And look how either one of them could have gone out on that challenge. Uh, you never know. You really don't ever know. Hey, my Demi Lovato, California sober. Yeah. California sober, you know. Uh, I loved it for the fact that it was terrible. But gosh, what would culture be? All right, Jonah, I know you're not uh, sticking around with us for Project Runway, but... I know you also are pretty invested in this Project Runway Season 20. You're going to be on with us when we cover it naturally, when it starts airing. Uh, this upcoming cast, there's some big names. Uh, I know your literal all-time favorite competitor is in this season, right? So any big names you're excited for? Wait, who'd you say is not in it? Kedley's not in it. Oh, I love you, Kedley. Uh, there's a couple of people. Throw a cat at him. A couple of people I'm really excited to see. Uh, number one, first and foremost, Hester Sunshine. I, I, I like, I, I'm like just, I'm just, you know, getting red talking about her. Uh, and I hope to one day have to be able to have like a custom Hester something. Um, the other love of my life, Katow. Oh my God, I'm so happy to see her again. It's been way too long. Uh, one of my one of my favorite designers, one of my favorite competitors, um, Rami. Uh, <laughs> there's just so many good people this season. And let's just say it one time, Karasan. Uh the icon herself. No, talking about very similar to All Stars, Jessica Wilde. You know, not appearing in Drag Race anything for 13 years in a very same way of Karasan not appearing in anything product runway related for 17 to 18 years is a long time coming uh you know i just want to put out there that oh my god this vision board you know whether it's some deep cut i mean first of all i just want to say victor luna you are looking so fine uh, you got some newer people, like you got Praje. I am so excited to see Praje. Um, but if I can, the Bij is back. Oh, Bijmi! Bijmi is back. I yeah. am freaking the oh, hell out. Chart up. He's all the way in the uh, lower left. Um, yeah. 
the beige is back looking so handsome so ready for this ready to be the dmv man he's always been uh i'm so excited uh, anyway jonah i can't wait to talk about this with you uh when the season premieres uh and to shit on britney um so uh until uh, <laughs> i gather her um <laughs> So until the time comes to uh, uh, be uh, all about that Prun's life, where can everybody find you online? If you want to follow me and tweet to me about uh, either of these two shows that I love dearly and so much, uh, you can follow me over on Twitter and Instagram at Peak Jonah. That's P-E-A-K. So while Jonah's off in his peak era, we're going to run a commercial. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this Project Runway reveal, of uh, this new trailer, this new cast. And um, we're going to have a great old time finishing out this broadcast. So uh, stay liked, stay subscribed, stay sexy, stay woke, stay registered to vote, all sorts stay of Stay hydrated. Things. Stay hydrated, stay high. I and, remember, uh, if you stay all those things, you ain't got to get all those things. And so how do you mother for me? It's Mother's Day. True. Call your mother. Okay. So. We're back. It's a good time. We're here. Our number two. We're back. Our number two. You're here with Eurovision. And we're talking all about your favorite pop songs. Um, Johnny Weir. And I'm in a rompa. And I'm just having a delightful time in this penthouse. And this guy wants nothing to do with us. Um, I think technically that British accent of mine counts as a hate crime. I'm really sorry. I'm not even um, sure what my accent was. Uh, TK, what was that? You're unmuted. Muted. I will be filing charges. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, wow, it's so passive aggressive. It's on mute. Um, okay. <laughs> so much in the same way, we've been like, TK, we would like to gay with you on Drag Race, and we would like to world with you on Eurovision. We've been like, would you clothing with us? On Project Runway. And this season of Project Runway, Project Runway season 20, represents the first numbered All-Stars season. So for those yeah. who don't know, Project Runway is actually a huge franchise. There's 19 seasons of Project Runway, seven seasons of All-Stars, two seasons of Junior, two seasons of Under the Gun, one season of Project Accessories, two seasons of uh models of the runway it's an empire and this is the first numbered all-stars and it's a legitimate all-stars so kevo and i are piss our pants excited because yeah. these are like um this is like the motherfuckery was called out and deployed to the set uh, but TK, what does it represent to you as somebody new to this franchise who maybe knows a handful of these names, if that many? I am in the unique place of, well, that's not a unique place, but uh, amongst this group, you know, I have this other show in which I have experienced a ton of the standard format, all stars format. And so I know how important it is to the 
overall show brand and like nico you and i have talked because i've been like yeah you know they they do this thing on all stars and it's weird and you're like yeah i mean they do uh the version of that on project runway as well and it's really weird so like i have really i think solid expectations and while i don't necessarily have the emotional reaction to hearing some of the names that you guys do i also uh can tell right off the bat that what i'm getting into is like um next level would be the wrong word but like they're really going for something this time they really made some solid choices and took some big swings and I can go in with the energy to be excited about that, even if I don't have the personal connection and knowledge to each of the individual characters. And characters is what they are. Yeah, I know um, I could have said contestants. Because but this isn't really who any of them are. Who we're going to talk about is the performance of Rami, the draping man who drapes women beautifully in their bodies like that guy that we're going to talk about is not the real man who agreed to do the show who agreed to come back to the show and that's not going to be the guy that we see on the screen in a couple of weeks so you know i agree with you that these are characters cavo when i first started watching project runway uh we had just started dating um some boys i was trying to bang were uh, super into it and they were like watch it and I was like fine and I immediately became head over heels obsessed with it um watched the first three seasons in two days mm-hmm. and watched the fourth season live as it happened and uh really it changed my life in so many ways it gave me focus it gave me drive I didn't want to do this but I knew that I wanted to do something as badly as these people wanted to do this thing. And so Project Runway was a huge part of my life for a decade where you were just tangentially related to it, not really too invested, um, but you sure did love the fierce um, SNL sketch with me. Yeah. Um, But then kind of at the start of pandemic, we were trapped in the house and I was like, I, I plan on rewatching Project Runway from basically the beginning. Would you like to watch some Project Runway with me? I'd like to show it to Jonah as well. And from the moment you gave it your attention, you gave it everything. And how are you feeling about, this is your third live season, fourth live season now. Because you did yeah. 17, 18, 19, and this is going to be 20. It's going to be your fourth live season. How do you feel going into it with kind of lofty expectations. I mean, this these names alone, you've got Rami, you've got Karasan, you've got Kato, Prajay, Brittany, Hester. And you know, is is these names are not tailor picked for me necessarily all of them. Some are. Uh Karasan is just a treat. Hester Sunshine is just a treat. Rami 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 is unbelievable in the context of Christian Siriano being the mentor of this franchise. Um, This is getting Justin Guarini to be an intern on the Kelly Clarkson show. 
Not an intern, but yes, something of a comparable level. Yeah, kind of. It's something like that. Also, uh, uh, if you could just zoom in on him really quick, uh, Rami is truly a beautiful man. And uh, there's a bigness and a proudness to him. Him losing to that tiny little twink who would go on to redefine the fashion industry. Yep. That's a statement. Who uh, became this pop culture figure. Because when you actually watch Project Runway and you watch Christian's season, you really understand if you were aware of the pop cultural perception of project runway at the time and the snl sketch that we were just talking about where amy poehler plays christian siriano and um bill Hader plays tim gunn and casey uh, wilson is the poor unfortunate makeover used contestant and the way that they lean into christian saying fierce all the time fierce 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 it's not actually in the season but he got such a good response that in the reunion they do a supercut of all the times you said fierce it had been like five times five maybe ever times. in the season <laughs> it was just a casual word he said occasionally and then they do a supercut of 20 times he ever said it on camera because people really responded to him he being the replacement mentor for tim gunn absolutely made perfect sense and so to bring back his runner-up, who was also such a very serious, you know, not too serious, but serious, uh, proud, fierce competitor, not to use his word, ironically, that was actually <laughs> not intended, but he was. He was a ferocious competitor who took his job very seriously, who I, I love that his shirt has that thing that almost looks like a draping, because... Yeah. If Christian was fierce and couture, uh, Rami, Rami was won, draping. It would have been all about the draping, and he was the draper, and that would have been what what the season would have been remembered for instead. He he also had his own brand and style. Uh, so yeah, bringing him in, I don't think that it's going to be like he's gonna be terrible to christian it's just fascinating to see it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out because you never know when these people are going to be perfectly fine with each other or absolute drama queens and you expect that from drag race so when you see them all work well together you're like yay but this Unless is the opposite of that where you're like funny going? Because, sorry it's funny because uh on all stars you kind of the the deal is like you got to be chiller like you got to chill out mm -hmm. um and i feel like i don't know if this is the case on project runway but on other shows that i've seen it's sort of like because it is not drag race during the regular seasons and people are pretty chill all stars becomes the place where it's like things are actually a little heightened because the stakes feel weirdly higher here and you know uh so i'm excited for that do you know what I think a huge part of that, too, is the nature of their work being different, where Drag Race is performance-based, and so you are out there doing shows and getting bookings, and that's such a more specific 
and broader range of thing than trying to make it as a fashion designer and so just being on drag race opens up so many doors for you and it's the same thing for project runway but if those doors don't pan out they shut and so this is now hopefully opening new doors for you and you want those doors and you know just to speak about those doors uh, there's a woman on here, the upper right-hand corner, Kato Mamalu, who is uh, from Project Runway Season 5. And to say that Kato was robbed, um, mm. I'm not coming for the winner, who is famously my least favorite winner in the history of the franchise. I am no fan of Leanne's, and she is my least favorite winner in the history of the entire franchise ever, bar none. Um, She's a fine designer, and evidently so many people feel the way I felt that she was chased out of fashion and left fashion because so many people hated her. Uh, I don't want anybody to give up their dreams. She just wasn't for me. Kato was the front runner. Kato was the favorite. Kato was expected to win. Kato has gone on to be incredibly successful. She launched a weed-themed line of uh, uh, designs that did great. She is a genius. She did not do a single bad look her entire run on the show. There are so many Katos that are going to be showing this year. Karasan, Victor Luna. You made that point, and I have, like, these fun little charts that I made to keep track of the Project Runway cast. Um, And so when you made your point about how many of the contestants this season like that that there are, I took the images that I had from that and was uh, able to configure them into a chart to help illustrate this is where everyone is in their season and to illustrate oh. how close and without saying where where and who the other contestants are and even without getting too close to where to to because i know i don't want to spoil too much for for teak no you're totally but good this does illustrate like how far everyone was in their season uh yep. who is now uh a contender this season it's it's oh. really wild it's it truly is a battle of giants. There is there's, no there's this there's this one up here in season one that is the one outlier, and mm-hmm. everyone else is either late or neck and neck. And you know, season one is so early in a franchise. Like, can you even count that person's lack of success? Exactly. Something, she deserves another chance. And something you also need to think about too is that's two people from season one. And then there's this giant gap of 11, 12, 13, 14, no contenders. So you have to wonder who was a potential alternate if they couldn't get people from seasons that they wanted, you know? I feel like there is definitely a story why Kelly from the deli isn't here. (laughs) Well, she already did an All-Stars, but people do more than one. I know that. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Ken. Uh, that would have been nice. I know he's done three All-Stars, uh, but I want what I want. Uh, uh, you know what? I just like that I don't have to see, you know, winner winners here. I don't need to see yeah. Seth Aaron. 
I'm not seeing um oh one ball. Oh yeah, Anthony Ryan. Anthony Ryan. Uh there That's are some the distinctive names that I wish I was seeing here. Uh Sean Michael Kelly would be nice to Ooh, see. I, I, he is always um, nice to say. It would have been nice to see Christopher Pelou. Yes, uh, Christopher. That's another. Uh, well, he was, tapping. you know, quite literally the most beloved competitor, maybe in the entire show. Anya, I know she won her season, but she's, you know, um, I don't care. I want her. I want just her. Give us more. Just, just give us more Anya. She's so perfect. Um, I've never done an All Stars before, but I feel like you know. Actually, she did an All Stars and got her ass kicked, and uh, it was embarrassing because like they're literally like, "Oh, you're Anya," and she's like, "Right, it's not working," and like oh, it was no. embarrassing. Damn, uh, looking at my... it's the show's fault. The show did something wrong. Uh, yeah, usually. Dom would have been great. Uh, yeah, there's an Emerson. Emerson, yes, meant- Emerson, Emerson yeah. maybe. Just to get in a little bit of the older vibe, maybe a sweet pea. Just somebody who could carry the older demographic. Um, I know a lot of these designers are probably 45 now. Um, It would have been cool to see Arena, maybe the most deserving winner in the history of the franchise, who has never said a word to the franchise ever again. So, anyway, I just think this is a This is such a genius lineup i'm no big fan of a couple of them um there's a few that i just don't care about but you know the names i've said i'm excited to see kane uh he no longer goes by kane i forget what name he now goes by his actual first name um so the guy in the middle on the top uh Mm. i'm excited to continue my feud with Brittany. um she doesn't know about it, but I'm just sort of like, ah, you're like the, she always designs the white lady dress. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but I, I do love her as a person. As a person, she is a, a marvelous person. Uh, I am just not as big a fan of her design work. Um, it's just such a killer cast. And uh, the fact that uh, one of the cast came back after being nearly murdered is uh, by production. It's pretty cool. So, um, all right, Jonathan. that's about it for, oh, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Kane. Thank you. Uh, yeah. you know, he was a little pageant boy when he did the show. He is coming back 12, 13 years later, a man, and I'm very happy for him. Uh, I want to say, uh, just most wow, unbelievable is Victor Luna. Uh, he looked very yeah. boyish in his season and uh, this is the look of a man and this is the look of a, a man who knows how to put his fashion together there's some really Fabio great... looking real good too Fabio always looked so cool uh, though it didn't matter what Fabio fucking wore Fabio looked so cool and so at ease with himself like I, I will never look one bit that comfortable I think I am perhaps most surprised by this row being all new era picks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot for what a is lot. a 20 season celebration uh, being from just the last three seasons. But I also get that it's uh, probably trying to make a point. 
from a production standpoint as well uh and it's easiest to get back uh fresh cuts and they're uh, most recognizable to your audience mm-hmm. and that's well, about uh, anna anna was the one who uh got impaled by production and barely survived so anna gets whatever anna wants story of my life uh yeah actually it was a car accident So, anyway, uh, I am more excited about this than any season of reality television in my life. Um, This is the height of everything I've ever wanted. Uh, If I can place an outside bet that makes no sense right now, um, my top three... Oh, it's so hard. I mean, Kato, Karasan, Rami, Hester. I got to do a top four. Um... Oh, they always maybe pull Victor. out a top four, so why not? I'd maybe swap out Karasan for Victor because they both have an X factor that I just can't define. Karasan spent 10 years in costumes, but I have this Victor Luna, the Victor Luna I remember, the mm. the guy who always played it safe would never wear what this incredibly handsome, confident man is wearing. Yeah. So I don't know this man anymore, and I am That's so true. excited. Uh... Yeah. I've never seen Victor look that confident. Like I watched this whole season where he placed in the top four and he's never looked like this man to me. And so like he's winning an award for like that James Mansfield most transformed. I can't wait to see what he's bringing. It really. I was going to say, hopefully it really translates in performance and like in uh, on screen presence, not just in photo presence. Mm Mm-hmm. And hopefully Rami does naked yoga every morning. <laughs> yes. On YouTube, separately, that you can stream. But, all right, any thought, final thoughts on Project Runway? No, this will be a fun one. Kevo. Um, well, I would be remiss if I let the episode go without us mentioning that i am probably most rooting for uh karasan because of her work on disney's descendants uh where she was the costume designer and like this is just this slideshow also is just so adorable i love this she's so marvelously um, talented and she looks like Uma here with the teal braids. Oh, I love it. Uh, I hope she talks about Descendants. I really do. Um, I can't believe that looks- this is cut so that you can't see her feet. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I also think like the varied styles on everyone are so bizarre. Like She looks like she's ready to go surfing, and she looks like she's ready to go to the opera. So that's both of uh, their styles from their seasons. That's Noelle. Straight she looks up like she's ready for off kilter. So like, I love it. Everyone looks great. I'm excited. Is there. Yeah. Well, what do you know? All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. To be cut. Yeah. That's making the cut. So, All right, we got a few little house cleaning things to talk about. Next weekend, we've got some cool things we're going to be taking a look at. We're taking a look at more exciting media stuff. So on our upcoming shows board, we have 
Muppets Mayhem, Fast X, which evidently, you know, they're going to be like 50 more of them. We've got Little Mermaid, Across the Spider-Verse. We're going to be taking a look at Strange New Worlds, Secret Invasion. You can add Drag Race Mexico to that. Mm, you can add yeah. continuing coverage of Drag Race All-Stars. You can add Lower Decks when that pops. Oh, yeah, August. You know, so. this is always just a sample. Of some of the stuff we're going to be covering coming up, and, and TK, we're always looking for got... we're always looking for feedback, and we're looking to hear uh, what you guys want to hear us talk. Yeah, about. for real. If there's anything you want us to cover, DM us, shoot us a message, we'll cover it. TK, what board. are you most excited to cover? Uh, I think it's really at the end of the day, it's Spider Verse, but there's a special place in my heart right now for uh, Little Mermaid. I saw that preview. Uh, waiting for Guardians of the Galaxy, and I have not really been up for the Disney live-action movies. Um, something about I, what it is ultimately is that um, you know, for little black girls around the world and little girls both of color and not to see a black Ariel, and for that to mean something to a young girl, and you know, for that to, and I shouldn't just say young girls, for any young person, for any old person, for any person that we have a black Ariel, uh, that it made it all the way to the screen, that it's, you know, Chloe with this amazing voice, and uh, that Javier Bardem is going to be a shirtless fish man all day. There's just so much for me personally to look forward to. So, you know. Uh, that one's got a really special place in my heart, but you know, Baby May Day, oh that's got a real special place in my heart. Oh my god, is she yeah. on the poster? I can only dream. Yeah, she, she, is. she is. Oh, yep. she's on the poster. Sure she's right on. She's papoo style with Peter. Hey, girl. Me number one. Um, well, so much of it, really. Uh, I really, 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 really want us to start Muppets Mayhem soon. I'm hearing good things. Yeah. I really want to support Muppets projects because I really do so frequently enjoy them, and I think they don't get their fair shake. I am still gutted by the loss of the Muppets office, as I refer to it, from uh, 2016, because that's essentially what it was. Um, it was very funny, and I feel like they just can't find the right way to market these guys. I love how unrelentingly diverse so much of this board is. Um, it's really cool to see how many of these major franchises are being led by uh, people of color. Muppets uh, Mayhem, Fast Furious, Little Mermaid, Sam Jackson over here. I'm intrigued by secret invasion uh but you know yeah that's great stuff how about you what are you most excited for easily my favorite star trek of all time strange new worlds that's the boy uh i am captain pike all day hey uh couldn't be more excited Daddy pike and more- baby boy spock couldn't be more excited than to cover all of this with you guys and uh, continuing our coverage of our reality shows, our movie franchises, and more. It's going to be a blast all summer into the fall long, and I couldn't be more excited than to do it with you guys. But if everybody wants to check it out, you got to do it by following, subscribing, liking, clicking, posting, straight west coasting, retweeting, tweet. You guys remember her? I move over to the left. Right? Oops. Oh, my. 
Oh my. That was right. very off key, but you know, I tried. It works, right? Uh, you can Love find it. us at X is for show because don't forget X is for us, X is for you, X is for me, X is for everybody. And uh, you can check us out at X is for show. Uh, hey, Kevo, if you're not at X is for show though, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can uh, find me over on the socials, theoretically, uh, over at Kevo Really. That's K E V O R E A L L Y. Uh, Teak, where can the folks at home find you? You can find me at those same socials, but you'll be looking for X Nate X Gray X and Nico. Where can everybody find you? You guys can find me all over your socials at Nico Action. That's N I C O A C T I O N, where I'm always doing pec bouncing and flexing. That's Heck just yeah. kind of what I do. Just do the. <clears throat> um, but other than that, I'm usually trying to write stuff. And you can check me out over at KidRiotComics.com, as well as in my published work where I was lucky enough to be uh, chosen by these amazing editors uh, to be part of a book, Young Men in Love, which has won a GLAAD award, a gaming award. Uh, what an honor to be a part of this unbelievable cavalcade of talent. And uh, it's such an honor to be able to consider myself part of that. And um, yeah, so uh, until we come back with another European hit, until we return to claim a second crown and uh, until we come back to see if Rami is going to drape me as beautifully as one of his French girls. Mm. Uh, keep those lights lit. Uh, keep on streaming and we're going to see you guys next time. So uh, stay safe. Bye. Bye.